if you if if you don't enjoy what you're doing, uh, keep on looking. Hi, I'm Matt McKee. I created Cherry Bomb in the Sweet Blast series of limited edition photos with the mission to start conversations in the room about the bigger topics of food, art, and sustainability. This podcast is the companion piece to the Sweet Blast series where I get to share with you some of the discussions that the series has inspired. Today, I'm talking with Roy Seifert, gallerist and owner of Contempt Pop Gallery based in Tel Aviv with an office in New York City as well. Roy, it is really great to see you in person. Well, virtually in person. Great to be here. Uh, full disclosure, I should tell people that you actually have some of my Sweet Blast series represented through the online portal of your gallery. That's correct. Tell me about Contempt Pop. When, when did the gallery actually get started? So I got on, into the business in uh, 2009, mistakenly, where I met <laughs> my uh, partner-to-be. I was in the internet business. Uh, I did my master's in marketing and coincidentally, I met my partner-to-be who told me about the business and I was in an intersection in my life. I didn't know if, if I want to do whatever I did uh, in the future and I decided to uh, leave everything and uh, start working with him. Oh, fantastic. That's how it started, yes. And uh, immediately we started uh, flying to the art fairs, and this is how I learned the business. Oh, wow. On the ground, as it were. Exactly. One of the things I noticed in the bio section, on, I think it was on an article I was reading about you, uh, you had decided that you also wanted to bring artists from Israel to New York City to give them more exposure. That's correct. The uh, The arts in here in Israel is is really kicking. There's a lot of uh, art schools and young and talented artists. On the business side of it, there is a very small market here in Israel. And um, I thought exposing the uh, the talents uh, from Israel to uh, to the market in New York City was a good uh, was a good idea. And eventually, uh, I learned it was. Now, where is your gallery in New York? So I used to have a gallery in Chelsea uh, on twenty seventh and eleventh. Closed it last February, mm-hmm. and um, went back to Israel uh, during the pandemic uh, with all my family. Used to live in New York for five years. So are you planning on coming back or are you just going to, to keep going with the virtual side of things? Well, I moved the base here and I'm going to be coming and going. Cool. Yeah. I think uh, from what I've t- a lot of people I've talked to have, have said that, that having a permanent location in light of what has happened during the pandemic and how, how lifestyles have changed, that the idea of doing more pop-up kinds of things actually feels like uh, a more interesting way of it, of getting exposure and getting out into the world rather than setting up in one spot. Totally. Uh, and even before the pandemic, uh, galleries, um, it was very hard for them to survive, uh, you know, from walk-ins, etc. Uh, the market moved to the uh, art fairs, to the online and to the auction houses. And during the pandemic, the online was booming. And, uh, you know, people, uh, the only option of buying art was online. So, uh, and uh, the idea of uh, physical gallery closing and more pop-up uh, exhibitions coming in the future is uh, very much alive. Hmm, okay. One of the questions I wanted to ask you, I, I know working with Suzanne, she called my work contemporary art, and I've heard other people talk about contemporary art. But when I went searching around to try to figure out what exactly contemporary art is, which is what your your gallery really specializes in, there was no real definition that I saw for contemporary art. They talked about what pop art was, and they talked about uh, the minimalists and things like that. What is your definition of contemporary art? It's a very good question. 
um, <laughs> because many people are, um, are mistaken between modern art and contemporary art and what's the difference between them. Um, I'm not sure there is a definition. I mean, any art that is done, that is uh, kicking and uh, avant-garde and, you know, cutting edge, that is, uh, that um, tells the story of what's going on in the world today, that's considered contemporary. Okay. But I've noticed that also with the, the art movements, uh, what was what was called modern art is now something that, that was 60s, 70s and 80s in that period in there. And suddenly it wasn't modern anymore, the new stuff that was coming out. So they had to come up with something new and then it became pop art and then it became contemporary art. What's the next word that they're going to use to describe the art that is happening now, that is talking about now? I don't know, maybe post-contemporary. Uh, I really don't know. Um, you heard it here first, folks. Exactly. Roy Seifert has just coined post-contemporary art. I'm standing behind my words. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. When I was going through your online gallery, I was very impressed with the work that was up in there. One of the things that uh, obviously is near and dear to my heart is the food side of things, um, because that's my cause. And art throughout the ages has depicted art, uh, depicted food rather, from cave paintings back as far as you know, four thousand or forty thousand BC to uh, to the pop consumer movement with Andy Warhol, to the present with my Sweet Blast series. Each step along the way with art, it is. in my opinion, a depiction or commentary on our culture of the moment. You have a couple of artists on your site that caught my eye partially because of their contemporary appeal, but also because they were also involving food. Um, The one that sticks out in my head off the top of my head is uh, Jacqueline Say. Is that did I pronounce her name right? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Her ceramic pieces that have like uh, donuts and, and ice cream cones with a skull motif really kind of fascinated me. They're a little bit more goth than I think I would feel comfortable for my work going in, but uh, certainly they caught my eye. Can you tell me a little bit about those pieces? Sure. So I met uh, Jacqueline in uh, her studio in Brooklyn, and she told me about her uh, previous sugar addiction she had. Oh, wow. And she tried to bring her uh, addiction into her art, carving beautifully uh, small skulls that resembles uh, the, the sugar and what it does to us, set in a nice aesthetic uh, ice cones and donuts to resemble the difference between uh, the beautiful uh, piece of art and the uh, poison side of sugar. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I was just watching something on Netflix that was talking about um, how so much of our early, earlier culture, the 1800s, 1700s was driven by the sugar trade. And, and it seems like that has driven so much of our desire for creating empires and things like that and, and how bad sugar actually is for us, which I'm learning more and more about as I get older. Totally, totally. And the state uh, has a big problem. And Europe has a big problem. And uh, yeah, they're trying to fight it. Yeah. Well, there's, these, these pieces are beautiful and haunting at the same time, especially now that I know more about uh, the concepts behind it. Thank you. Um, there was an, <laughs> there was another artist that uh, you had mentioned that I went back and, and looked at. I'm going to mess this name up horribly. Nathan Elkanovich? That's correct. Nathan Elkanovich. Oh, wow. Yeah. 
you hit it. <laughs> After you mentioned it, I was first drawn to his pieces just by looking at how graphic they were and how, I mean, it, it was really graphic design at its finest in terms of the, the conceptual qualities to it. And then you told me that he painted the figures in it with an icing, a baker's icing piping bag. Yeah, so Nathan uh, used to be a pastry chef. And what he does, he puts acrylic paints into uh, a pastry chef piping bag and uses the piping bag as his brush to create this, uh, yeah, little textured uh, figures and shapes. And his pieces has a lot of uh, 3D texture to it. He created uh, this uh, unique technique. It's also a touchable art. Uh, he likes people to touch it and to feel the uh, the texture of the... Uh, the acrylic paint, yes. Oh, that is wonderful. That that's uh, it. Just it kind of blew my mind because the the colors he uses. The one that, that really stuck out in my head was um, Beach Mood Number Five, I think it was, or Number mm-hmm. Four, and how flat the the sky and the ocean and then the beach going around was just pure, just one color, monochromatic almost. Right, and uh, then. His characters were just popping off like like that. I, I this is this is one of the things that I I find frustrating in terms of the the online the virtual sales and things like that because this is a piece that I think would benefit so much from being able to see it in a gallery setting or in a, a living room setting and be able to interact with it much more intimately. Totally, but then again, the online pl- the the online um, uh, marketplace allows us to upload videos. It's not the real thing and it's not like seeing the piece in in person, but still I find that 3D pieces, as much as it is surprising, are selling very good online uh, where you're not expected uh, that people will understand the 3D, the 3D-ness of it, uh, seeing it online and yet, People are, are, are buying these, uh, these pieces online. So they're still drawn to them. That's wonderful. Yeah. That's good news. I guess we we're adapting to our, our new reality. Totally. A lot of the work that, that I saw on your site, it seems like it's also it has a strong technological aspect to it, either through its creation or in its tonality in terms of, of bringing like the graphic design pieces into it. In light of both that and the rebirth that seems to be struggling to t- take place in our culture as we come out of the pandemic, where do you see artists going next to push the envelope? So, yeah, we talked about what's the next uh, movement, and I told you post-contemporary. Uh, I think <laughs> the, uh, the combination of new technologies will be very uh, important moving on. And we can see it today, uh, talking about uh, Joe Margulis, one of my artists, using laser-cut machines to cut his uh, plexiglass sheets and then mounting them on uh, aluminum cores, things that artists uh, were not able to do 40 or 50 years ago. Uh, now the technology allows them to, uh, you know, to fly with their ideas. Uh, so, uh, yeah, we see it more and more. Mm, going on a little tangent here. So you also mentioned in your email to me that your hobby outside of the gallery life is, is cooking. Do you specialize in any particular type of cooking? Uh, <laughs> well, I like that was a sloppy segue. <laughs> I apologize. I like <laughs> to think that um, that um, I'm a good cook, uh, cooking Middle Eastern food mainly. Uh, mm. A lot of vegetables, uh, fish. Um, 
So yeah, that's what I mainly cook. So at the at the end of the day, a hard day uh, working the gallery scene or, or talking with artists or, or collectors. What's your comfort food? My comfort food, um, I guess, a good fish with a good salad uh, next to it is something that I like to eat uh, in the evening. And you know, I live in Israel, and uh, hummus and falafel is part of the culture here. So uh, we get that a lot uh, as well. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds delicious. Yes. So you jumped into the gallery scene right out of school, basically, you told me, yes? After school, I had uh, I had a career in the internet business. And then at the age of uh, 39, 40, I started the career in the art industry. Got it. Okay. Sorry, I, I misunderstood that earlier. So, and how long have you been in the gallery business? A little more than 10 years. So if you could go back to your younger self, who was uh, in the internets at that point, or, or even earlier than that, what's one piece of advice that you would give yourself? Moving forward, to always keep doing and looking for something that uh, you like to do. And uh, don't give up, even if you make good money. If you if if you don't enjoy what you're doing, uh, keep on looking. That sounds like very good advice. Somebody once told me, "Don't worry about following your passion; the passion will come. Follow, follow your curiosity because it will never run out." Exactly. Well put. <laughs> yes. Looking forward now, uh, I, I ask these two questions to every guest, so I, I apologize if if, if I'm uh, putting you through it here a little bit, but uh, looking forward now, so look 30 years into the future, 40 years into the future, you've been an internet entrepreneur, you've been a, an art entrepreneur. What do you want your legacy to be? What do you want people to talk about? Whew. That's a deep question, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't ready for that. <laughs> I always love asking this question because I always get that, that people pause for a moment and they think about it. And it's always interesting. You know what? He was an optimist, smiling, uh, doing what he loved, raised a beautiful family and left something in the world. That sounds perfect. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm very hopeful that uh, uh, the world will uh, go back to normal uh, Sometime soon. Yes. Uh, it was uh, it was an exciting uh, year, uh, full of surprises. Yes. But I think enough with surprises and let's go back to normal. <laughs> uh, that's what I wish for the next year. Me too. Me too. Thanks for checking in with Cherry Bomb, the podcast, the companion piece to Sweet Blast, which can be found at theartofmattmckee.com. If you liked the podcast and want to support what we do, please hit the like button and leave us a short review in your favorite podcast listening app. Share it to your Facebook feed or on Twitter. Anything you can do to help us get the word out there will help us to grow and make this podcast stronger. If you have questions, suggestions, or comments, please feel free to drop me a line at matt at mckeephotography.com. Today's guest, Roy Seifert, can be found online at Contempt Pop Gallery. Cherry Bomb, the podcast, is produced by me with consulting help from Suzanne Schultz and Canvas Fine Arts and with additional editing from Bill Shamlian of Orb Audio. Thanks for listening, and let's start the conversation. Just a really quick note before your auto feed refreshes to the next episode in your queue. If you've enjoyed the show, maybe you picked up a new tip or a concept, there are a couple ways you can help us keep creating it. Click on the link at the bottom of the show notes for buymeacoffee.com slash Matt McKee. Coffee is life around here. 
Also in the show notes is a link to theartofmattmckee.com where you can browse art from my Sweet Blast, Promethean Dreams, and Tool series of portfolios, as well as others. Get some art for that special someone in your life. And if that special someone is you, don't feel guilty. It should go without saying, you deserve nice things too. And last but certainly not least, share this episode with your friends on social media. Let them know you enjoyed it. And then you can start your own conversation.